This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. I am delighted today to have two guests with me. Two Janes now. You couldn't, I couldn't have organised that if I tried, I don't suppose. Um, so I've got Jane Knight with me, who we'll speak to in a moment, and Jane Horwood, who we'll also speak to in a moment. But I want you to grab your pens and papers for the 12.30 news. So coming up this week, we've got Orpington Meeting, that's in D'Angelo in the High Street, the lovely restaurant there, with the host who is Severina Todorova. Um, and Severina is, is a specialist, well, she's a VA um, anyway, a superb VA, but she's also a specialist in Pinterest. So she will be doing some hotspots in the event that I'm organising with Sam on the 8th of March, which is in Bromley Football Club. So we've got three social events there going on so do take a look at the website you'll find us on all the w's 1230.co.uk so thursday is orpington now that's not exclusively orpington businesses so if you can get to the restaurant you'll be very welcome so take a look on the website under calendar and you'll be able to book in on there just running through february because it's the first of february tomorrow white rabbits and all that um, on the 14th of Feb, so Valentine's Day, is the Sick Up and Bexley Day, and our guest speaker there is Tanya Mood. Tanya is a business coach, and she's going to share her expertise with us then. 15th of February, the following day, is Bromley, again with Severina, and she'll be running through some Pinterest points with us there. On the 28th of February, which is my wedding anniversary... Um, on the 28th of February is the East Dulwich meeting. And then, of course, we come round to uh, March there. So do take a look at the website with um, all the details that you'll actually find on there. I'm going to welcome into the studio, because she physically is here, sitting here, looking very glamorous as always, is Jane Knight. Jane, hello. Hello, Jackie. Thank you for having me here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure get to get you in. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio. Mondays, 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes. For and from businesswomen. On all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Okay, so we're back in the studio now and I'm hoping that our eardrums are whole and not going anywhere, going to be burst. Um, so, happy birthday to everybody whose birthday is today. I don't know anyone whose birthday is today. Do you, Jane? Um, Jamie Chapman. Jamie Chapman, Jamie that's Chapman. ringing a bell, why? So he's a Bromley, um, a Bromley guy. Um, he actually now lives in Lenham, close to Maystone, um, but he's a... Yeah, a business guy from Bromley, so happy birthday to Jamie. Oh, right. Okay, cool. And don't forget, do let me know, anybody who has got birthdays coming up. We are here on a weekly basis, Monday 2 till 4. And um, bear with me a second. I didn't have your mic on, Jane. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was so conscious of everybody's eardrums bursting. Um, so happy birthday, you mentioned Jamie Chapman did? Yep, Jamie Chapman's birthday. And um, I mustn't forget, it's my little girl's birthday on Wednesday. So happy oh. birthday to Anna Rose, she'll be 11. Oh, right. Happy birthday, Anna Rose. Gosh, 11, that's such an age, isn't it? Wonderful. It's exciting. Isn't it exciting? Okay, so... We are back here now, and hopefully everything sounds as if it's going to be okay. So, Jane, please do introduce yourself. Tell our listeners who you are, where you're based, what you do, please. Okay. So, hello, everybody. My name is Jane Knight, and um, I'm based in Bromley. And my organisation is called Successful Mums Career Academy. And it is a community training company to help mums back to work, to start a business or learn something new. What prompted you to, to start that? Because I can remember you and me having a meeting of sorts in your kitchen and discussing, well, sort of not discussing, what exciting things you'd got in mind going forward at that point, which seemed... How long ago was that? Well, 
the business has been running in the sort of form it is at the moment for about nine years, so that would have been a long time ago. Um, and I know we go back longer than that, don't we, Jackie? Mm. So um, I suppose what prompted me to start the business was having the kids and realising what a tricky and difficult job it is to be a parent. Um, and my background, like yourself, Jackie, I'm a teacher, I'm a career advisor and I'm a coach. And so it just made sense to use those skills and that experience to support other mums back to work. And I suppose my goal, Jackie, was to help 100 mums. Um, and we're, we're lucky that we've just gone past the 7,000th 7, mum. So we've helped 7,000 mums so far. That, that's absolutely amazing. That's amazing. I'm delighted to let you know that uh, Jane Horwood is on the other line. So, Jane, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, beautiful. Thank you very much. And I've still got Jane Knight in the studio with us. So, um, lovely, lovely setup today with two Janes and a Jackie. Three Js with the three Js. Okay, <laughs> Jane, um, you and I have chatted to each other via text, but never actually spoken for a long, long time now. So, You're breaking up a bit there, Jackie. Am I? Oh, dear. Mm. Um, I don't know what... I'm not technical, so I don't know about these bits. How's that? Is that any better? Yeah, that's a bit better, yeah. Okie doke. Um, Jane, please tell our listeners about you and what it is you do. A little bit about myself, yeah. Sorry, you broke up again there, but I just, I'll just introduce myself. Please. Um, yeah, so, well, I met you years ago, Jackie, uh, and I can't even remember the date, but um, back when you started your networking group, yeah. and I just set up Catfish Web Design um, when I was living in London, and I have to say, um, you were a fantastic inspiration to me. Oh. Um, when I moved to Cambridge, I set up my own networking group, Cambridge Women, which was very successful for quite a while. But, um, but yes, I've been doing the website since um, 1989. Um, had a wide variety of jobs before that, really, um, running my own clothing business back in the 80s. I also used to run a fringe theatre in London. I cooked in a restaurant. I've been a painter and decorator. I've worked in a garden centre. Uh, worked in advertising, kind of, um, yeah, done a lot of things. But um, I really, really found my niche, I think, with the web design. And uh, been doing that now for about 25 years. Gosh. Which is quite a long time in web years. Yeah, it is, uh, particularly um, just thinking about... Um, what you were saying about the length of time that you and I have known each other because certainly when um, <laughs> this might make you chuckle and um, to my shame yeah. um, oh, when really I was yeah. when I was di can you hear me any better now? Yeah, it's, it's on and off actually, yeah when um, it, in the sort of fairly early days of my IT training I was teaching people how to create websites using Outlook Express <laughs> oh right, Outlook Express. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Not not to the level. Uh, my business partner at that point, she said, "I don't know how you can do that, Jackie." And I can't remember what would have been the industry standard at that time, Jane. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's obviously it's changed vastly, and you know, changing all the time. Really, I mean, it's mm. quite a hard field to keep up in. Mm. When I started it, um, I was actually working for a legal charity at the time, and uh, decided uh, just on a whim, really, that I'd like to design websites. And I didn't really know what they were or anything about them, but it just sounded like a you know a good thing. So I just enrolled myself on a course and HTML. HTML course mm. and took it from there really and I have to say looking back gosh had a little bit of brass neck really because I was going out to people selling my services when I was sort of learning at the same time however it worked really well and um, I mean I just I just took every project took every challenge always came up with the goods and uh, <coughs> it went from there is there any particular um, website that you 
I mean, it's a long time, I know, but do any stand out in terms of your enjoyment of the d development of it and what maybe what industry well, they were in? Yeah, uh, the, the sort of websites that I really like doing are ones for artists, to be honest, um, because you're dealing with a lot of lovely imagery. Um, the only downside of that is that most artists don't really have much money. So, <laughs> you know, you're trying to do things, you know, on a budget as well. So that's, um, so that's one aspect. But to be honest with you, quite often it's the client makes the project because if you're working with somebody who you get on with, who is responsive to what you're doing, who gives you the right information and that you feel you've built a rapport with, then the end result is always so much better. Yes, yes. Yes, I think, um, I think we'd all agree with you on that. And certainly I can see why your networking side of um, the, the business that you developed would have been so successful because obviously the nature of you is that you are interested in people and you want to build that rapport with them as well. Um, well, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. And when you're meeting clients, it's about finding out about them, obviously. Um, and, you know, really... What, what they want to get from the website because there are, you know, there are many reasons for having a website. It's not just about selling something. It can be information. Um, a lot of the work we did was actually, um, the interesting work was with a lot of rape crisis centres. And I did work for quite a long time with Rape Crisis England and Wales, which was fantastic. Um, and a lot of other women's organisations, women's aid organisations, and, and those were great as well because, I mean, the, the people were always fantastic to work with. They, they did seem to be able to get some decent budgets so that although their demands were quite high quite often, um, you know, there was money there to actually do the job rather than coming and saying, oh, you know, we've got £100 or something, which can be a bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was always really good. And I also felt, too, doing those jobs that I was, um, in a way, helping a bit, really, by putting that useful information out there and making sure that people could access that. Yes, very much. Um, yeah, I can see that. And I think, you know, your end result is evident of a working relationship with your client, isn't it? Because if you've, if you've got something that's very visible, very informative, then, wow, you've ticked all the boxes. Well, that, yeah, that's what it is, really. And at the end of the day, you want the client to be happy. That's the most important thing. Because if you haven't got a happy client, then, you know, that's, you know there's no joy in it for me as either. No, no. And I, I, and I think that's so, one of um, the... Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why... We have our own businesses is because we do enjoy what we're doing. Um, now, you, you've got a slight, I was going to say diverted slightly, but you've always been interested in fabrics and design, haven't you? Well, that's right, yeah. From a, you know, from a very young age, really, um, I've made my own clothes and I have been interested in fashion. And the reason I made my own clothes when I was young was because I just simply couldn't afford to buy the ones <coughs> I wanted. So mm. there wasn't another option, really. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, I, I did start in the 80s where I had this business called Mama Oklo. And uh, I used to print, I worked with a friend of mine on this, and we used to print fabrics and make clothing. And we sold this at Camden Market, um, Harrods. Actually, I sold a little collection to Harrods. Wow. And back in the 80s, I also did a collection for um, larger ladies, uh, which, they, I mean, at, at that time, there was literally only Evans, I think, where anybody, you know, bigger than a size 14, which is ridiculous, could buy clothes. So I don't think Evans exists anymore now anyway, does it? But, um, um, no, I don't think we, it we, does. Know, we did a large, yeah, did a larger collection there and actually made a shirt for Alison Moyer for Top of the Pops. Oh, wow. <laughs> which was fun. Yes, went to meet her agent. That was great. But then that all went on the back burner. I did that for a couple of years. I mean, I, I wasn't trained in, you know, design of clothing or fashion or anything. And um, you know, I did it for a couple of years and then just realised, look, I'm not going to be able to make any money out of this. So started doing other things. But back in 2008, uh, when, 
you know, when I was living up in Cambridge here, I decided to start looking at pre-loved clothing, second-hand clothing, as it used to be called. Mm. Again, I've always bought second-hand. Um, I love it, love trawling around, you know, vintage shops and charity shops, jumbles, etc., etc. And I thought, you know, people were always saying to me, oh, you know, I like what you're wearing. That's quirky. That's interesting. Mm. So I thought, well, why don't I try and sell some things to other people? So I started collecting stuff. And that went really well, actually. I did that for a few years, but I was doing it, Jackie, alongside Catfish Web mm. Design. Mm. So it was a bit full on, really, trying to get the clothes in, do sales events at the weekend and run a business, um, you know, and, and trying to keep those very separate as well so that, you know, my, my web design clients weren't thinking, oh, you know, she's off there, you know, just trawling around their time. and festivals, you know, yeah. with all this weird clothing. So I did that for a bit and I loved it. But then, to be honest with you, the, the only reason I stopped it was because the supply of clothing seemed to dry up and I just could not get really nice, interesting stuff. And I didn't want to be selling just any old thing. I have a very specific style that I like. And I really wanted to sell that. And if I couldn't get good stuff, I thought, well, there's no point. So I put it all on the back burner. But then the last few years, I mean, the pandemic has changed a lot of the way we're working, the way we're thinking. And I've decided to go back into that now because I do love it. And, um, yeah, so Trash Chic, which is what my business is called, my clothing company. Yeah, I love it. Trash Chic. And uh, Trashy is back again now with rails of clothing. And in the, the room next door to me, I've got about four rails there heaving under the weight of all this stuff. Really? So I need to get out there and sell things, yeah. But, um, but I, I had quite a few sales last year, which was great. And, you know, I've got a website, obviously, and up on social media. So I've sold some things on social media and from the web, but I much prefer selling face-to-face. Because I I do like selling, I think. I like meeting people, as you said before. And, you know, when you're out and about, people can look at the items. I mean, they're all in good condition. Um, I mean, I wouldn't sell anything that was damaged. But people can see for themselves what it is. They can try it on. Because the other thing I don't want to be involved in is masses of returns. You know, it doesn't fit me. Yeah, true. Then Then it's a load of admin, isn't it? And I think also we, um, it's all very well buying stuff online, but I think we we haven't got away from the fact that we like to feel our goods and um, fabric and um, some of the stuff that I've looked at with yours, your fabric is such a wide variety of different fabrics as well, isn't it? Well, that's it. Um, you know, and I mean, I try and be upfront with people about that. Uh, and obviously, I mean, I, I mean, I love sort of silks and linens and cottons and, you know, but, you know, that's not feasible, really. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much, I don't know, really cheap, horrible fabric, really, that sometimes, mm. as you say, you know, you can buy something, it looks great. Um, there's a few stores like that where I've, I've seen something online, ordered it, and when it, when it arrives, oh, God, you know, it's horrible. Mm. So it's a bit disappointing. But you're right, if people are there, they can then they can feel the fabric and they can see yeah you know that that suits me and also I think the nice thing I mean I I do believe in buying less anyway even from my rails you know don't buy for the sake of it buy stuff because you like it because you think you're going to wear it have a declutter um you know every so often get rid of stuff you're not wearing pass it on um I think you know fast fashion um you know, it's crazy. I mean, it can, ha- you know, it has its place. I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, that there shouldn't be new clothes. People shouldn't be buying new clothes. But I think it's just the quantity and the wastage. And I see this, you know, if I go to a car boot sale or something and I see, you know, the mounds of stuff that people have mm. and a lot of it just, you know, it's just not very nice. It's not very well made. No. And, and other people are suffering from that. So I think there's a huge amount of, clothing already in circulation it might not be in your wardrobe but it could be and then I could have something from your wardrobe you know so it's all about moving it around really and my my stuff's very affordable as well I mean I do try and keep the prices fairly keen 
because I appreciate at the minute that people haven't got a huge amount of money. And if people are, you know, buying pre-loved and they're not spending massive amount of money, it means they can they can experiment a bit as well. They can try something that they might not necessarily have, you know, have bought. If it was going to cost £100 in the shop, you might think, hmm, not sure about that. Where if it's £25 on my rail, you may take a chance. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, something that you touched very briefly on was um, the pandemic. And I know that you were seriously involved. I watched you develop the masks um, on social media. I watched you um, develop that side of things. And I was... Was it 10,000 that you and, and colleagues made in the end, did I read? Oh, yeah, at least. Um, I mean, it was, yes, it, it really, really took off. It just went completely mad. Mm. Um, it was in the April when the pandemic started, and uh, in the April, just coming out of the lockdown, or I can't remember the exact dates now when we were in the <coughs> lockdowns, but Sorry. my husband said to me, look, he said, I, you know, I know the government are not recommending masks. He said, but I honestly think we should be wearing them, so could you make me a couple? So I had a look online, got a pattern, um, and I just made a couple up. So he was very happy with that, and on Facebook... I did a little post there saying to people, you know, look what I've made and I've got the patterns. So, you know, if you'd like, you know, if you'd like to make some for yourself or your family, then let me know. I'll send you the pattern. Of course, nobody asked for the pattern, did they, Jackie? Everybody asked for the masks already made up. <laughs> so that was fine. So I started doing that and I had, being a sewer, I had lots of bits of fabric. Um, and of course, this had to be cotton. I mean, you know, I couldn't be using synthetics. No. It had to be cotton fabric but I had loads of cotton for my quilting so I started making masks up and then more and more orders were coming in so the first first lot I was just doing for people and then I thought well gosh you know maybe I should just be charging and then I can put this money aside for a charity because I don't want the money myself but you know it would be a nice thing to do mm. so decided to do that and then I had some orders coming in from care homes because several oh. friends um, had some contact in the care home and they were really struggling at the time, if you remember. I mean, they just couldn't get any yeah. PPE. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, looking back now, it just seems crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. So suddenly there's an order for like 50 face masks and I'm thinking, well, oh, you know, I can't sew any <laughs> faster. So I thought, well, there's quite a few people in the village that I know so. So I can get in touch with them and then maybe, you know, they'd like to help me. And one friend in particular, Melissa, um, I remember when I contacted her, she said, oh, I'm not sure. She said, Jane, I'm, you know, I'm making a cushion for my mom. I don't know if I really have enough time. And I said, well, don't worry. You know, it's not a problem. And I trekked off, you know, and found other people to help. Next thing I know, Melissa's round at my door at a very, very safe distance with a bunch of mum. And she came on board, and, I mean, she was fantastic. I mean, she really pushed it further than I'd kind of anticipated it going. Mm. Got masses of volunteers in. Uh, we had people um, cutting the fabric, washing the fabric, ironing the fabric. Wow. Cutting the elastics that had to go. Getting elastic was a big issue at the time. That I, I remember. Imagine. That I remember. Uh, yeah, because yeah, it wasn't just you. I think you put an appeal out, didn't you? And then I saw somebody else more local to us put an appeal out for elastic. That's right. And what was lovely was that, I mean, I mean, people were just fantastic, I have to say, because those people who couldn't sew, who couldn't sew or felt they couldn't help in any way physically uh, were buying us fabric because that was the other thing. I mean, most of the people that I asked to help had fabric, which was fantastic. They had offcuts, and the masks don't take much fabric to make, so that was good. But, of course, we were making so many, we were running out. So friends would just go online, buy fabric, and then it would be arriving in the post. So it would be sitting in a little brown envelope by my door for a while while it was being, you know, de defumigated. Yeah. <laughs> Remembering that. And... Um, yeah, and, you know, so it became, um, yeah, it became a real community project. And one of my contacts through the web um, is a video, videographer. 
And he rang me up one day and said, oh, Jane, he said, I'm kicking my heels here. He said, because, of course, I've got no work. I can't go out. I can't do anything. No. He said, I know you're doing this project. Um, could I make a film of it if I came round and, you know, really, you know, we all have to keep our distance, he said, but, you know, I could film wow. this. And then, we, we, you know, we did a montage of the volunteers. Mm. So we've got this, actually, which is really lovely. And I think that's something for history. Oh, gosh, know. yes. That's, I didn't realise that had happened. That's amazing. Um, <clears throat> you're right. It is his. Pardon? I'll, I'll send you a link to it because it's really interesting. Oh, please do, because then I can I can link up on that on um, our website as well. So um, I'm conscious of our time moving on, and thank you so much for sharing all that with us, Jane. But um, the particular piece of music you chose, I could only find quite a long version, and I thought, well. I need to make sure we um, we get that in there, but I want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you. Um, because are you still in Cambridge? Yes. Yeah, I live just outside in a village outside. But yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you why, because I've got family up in that direction. Whereabouts are you? Oh, I'm in Hazlingfield. Oh, I don't know. So, I, yeah. Where, where are your family? <coughs> Cottenham. Oh, yeah, OK. Well, that's north, yeah. Where's and, south and Ely. And Ely, yeah. That, oh, I was in Ely yesterday, actually, at the market. Mm. I haven't been up that way for ages, and I've got another cousin who's in March. OK, yeah, that's even further out. Um, but Ely is lovely. I have to say, I really, really like Ely. It's got yeah. such a nice vibe. Yeah, and the cathedral, I mean, it's just... It's, beautiful isn't well, it I mean, it's really... yeah that's beautiful yeah oh you need to get yourself back up there i think i will Bertie. yeah i think so we, and we must have a meeting how can our listeners get in touch and find out more about you uh, jane with your so, trash um, chic? There's, well there's my website which is trashchic.co.uk excellent okay well thank so you so much the best place. yeah lovely yeah, and, okay. and obviously you're all over the socials as well, so people can find you there. Thank you so much again. Speak okay. to you again soon. Right. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Jackie. Bye. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. And we'll welcome back to this. Welcome back to the studio. And again, thank you, Jane Hallwood, for being our guest earlier today. There is definitely something wrong here. Ed Christie, our wonderful, illustrious owner of Love to Beat Radio. Um, I'm sure we'll sort all that for, out for us uh, tomorrow. And I'm Jackie Groundsell, and my business is 1230, the women's company. But I am broadcasting today from Love to Beat Radio, which is based here in Penge. And if you want to look up the details, that's L-O-V-E-D-A-B-E-A-T Radio, based here in south-east London. It's a very lively community. I was just talking to um, my other guest, Jane Knight, about what a lively community we have here in Penge. Please tell us some more about your business. And I want to make sure that listeners actually know how they can get hold of you and where they can find out some more about you. Okay, so Successful Mums Career Academy, we are on Insta, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, so if people type in Successful Mums Career Academy to Google, we will be there, um, along with lots of pictures of our lovely Successful Mum graduates that we've helped over the last eight to nine years. Some of them you might recognise because they are local mums and dads we've actually um we've started supporting dads as well so i think we've got about five dads on our training programs at the moment but the majority of our our customers are our mums that want to go back to work or maybe they want to start a business or um they just want to learn something new to um yeah have a change of career so is there a, a typical business that your mums want to go into or are they very diverse how What's the sort of mix there? So for the mums that want to start a business, I'd say there's a real broad range. We have some mums that come along and they might have worked in the city, for example, and they might be an HR director and they don't want to go to that city life and instead they want to become an HR consultant, for example. So we would take them through the simple steps to start a business, become self-employed, how to engage 
with their audience of um, clients, marketing techniques, um, and really sort of provide them with a framework <coughs> of basically how to work for themselves. Um, but then we also have people that want to turn a hobby into a business. So, you know, we have the cake makers, we have um, people that are really crafty, really artistic, and they really want to sort of turn their hobby into an income. And then we have other people that, you know, we, we've even had people that are buying a franchise. So, so, you know, really quite substantial. It really depends on the, I suppose, the individual, their, their previous work experience, um, what they love doing, and, you know, financially, how much they want to be earning and how flexible they want to be as well. I mean, even we even have people that, you know, might have worked in a salon and then want to be a freelance stylist because they're, you know, it's still setting up as a self-employed person. You're still mm. a businesswoman. And we really encourage our, our mums to talk about themselves as a businesswoman because if you're working for yourself, you know, whether you're, whether you're um, a freelance hairdresser or whether you own, you know, 20 franchises, they are both businesswomen that, are, that have key responsibilities and are, you know, entrepreneurial. So there's, there's certain steps that you must take. We, we really support the, the mums in terms of the key sort of legal things they need to do. Um, we just try and make it as straightforward as possible. But I suppose that a major point that, that comes up is how do I find customers? Because I think when you're so excited about a product, you, you know, you dream about it, you ask your friends, you ask your family, and everybody <coughs> says it's a great idea. But the reality is you then need to sell your service or your product to people. So we really help with the, the social media and the marketing so they can you know, get in front of their audience and, and make it happen. That is such a huge wealth of knowledge that you've got and you've gained um, that you're able to share. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic, the, the breadth of all that. I, sh I suppose it's quite expensive, is it, dare I say that? Do people have to pay you a lot of money? How does it work? So all of our courses are funded by the London Mayor, so we're very lucky that um, we are able to tap into funding. So the process, in terms of my, my business and my team, we apply for funding, we can demonstrate that we've supported historically um, you know, thousands of women that are all really happy. We've got some fantastic reviews um, but you know what, Jackie, it's the women that do the hard work. But what we do is we path the way for them. We hold their hand. We're a great network for them. And we provide them with all of the resources. But they, you know, ultimately they need to do, do the work. But it is free. So it's completely, if depending on eligibility and depending where the, the, um, the mum or the dad lives, then it should be funded, which means they won't have to pay anything. Which is brilliant, isn't it? Because that, that is one of the things when you're starting up your business, it's always, oh, can, I, can I afford to do this? Can I keep it going? And if you're going to have to lay out money before you actually get your client base started, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? So to, for you to be able to offer that service is just, just amazing. So, yes. so what would be your, um, I mean, I'd, I was going to say, ask you your advice, but we can compare that in a second. I remember... When um, I first met Penny, who became my business in twelve thirty, uh, business partner in twelve thirty, we went to uh, a three-day startup course near Bromley North Station, um, and I remember one of the consultants there saying, um, "Keep your hands firmly in your pockets. Do not take out any loans, etc., <laughs> um, etc." Et and if and the other thing I that sticks in my head was. If you want to work Monday to Friday, nine till five, then leave now. Do all your women that come to you, do they realise the flexibility? Now, the fact that you can't work necessarily Monday to Friday, nine till five, to me, is not a hindrance because working for myself, I could be working at 12 o'clock at night, but actually... At 10 o'clock in the morning, I could be... Or oh, 11 o'clock in the morning, I could be travelling to go and have lunch with a girlfriend. Mm. So, you know, the, or I could look after a, a grandchild or something of that sort. But so working for myself, to me, gives me huge flexibility. And I would imagine that your women actually appreciate that, 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 they, that they can do that and, and are not necessarily... Are they mostly mums or...? 
I know you, you're called successful mums. Are there any who aren't mums or dads, for example? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have, we do welcome dads. We are inclusive and we do have people that aren't parents as well. Mm. Um, and then we have people that are carers, so they might be looking after their parents, mm. um, but they might not have their own children. So there's a real range, but I suppose where all of our resources, um, all of the webinars and all of our trainers are so it's all, all set up for mums I suppose so all the resources and the materials are focused on being a parent it's really sort of designed and aimed at mums but as I touched on we do welcome other people mm. um, but in answer to your the sort of flexibility thing it's it's key that people understand if they do want to work for themselves that they will need to put in the hours I suppose it depends on what they what they actually want to do because for some people, they will literally know what they want to earn, know what they want to do, and they're very driven and very targeted on that. Whereas for some people, it's almost the unknown. So it's, it's, it's finding out a number of factors <coughs> that will really have an impact on their, on their life and, and considering what network they have in place. Because if we have women that come to us and say, you know, I was earning 80K in the city, I want to earn the same, but I only want to work two days a week, then we just have to have a reality check. I mean, some people might be able to do it, but just based on experience of working with thousands of women, we'd never want to put somebody off, but at the same time, we just need to sort of share our experience and be realistic. Mm. So one of the first things we do is like a cash flow to say, you know, whatever you're doing, what is it going to cost you and how much time will it take? Because, you know, time is precious and that's um, it's important people understand when not only how much time it will take but when are they going to work as well because is it practical to be working in the evening and we do quite a lot of work around are you a morning person or are you an evening person some people are just frazzled by you know time it comes to seven o'clock and I can't blame them especially when you've got small children yeah. but then other people are night owls and they can sort of go on working till 12 o'clock and be very productive mm. so it's it's individual um, and we make sure it's you know bespoke to the, the, the person that wants to start the business so do you find that um, the training courses in terms of popularity um, do you find that people have particular ones that, that are their favourites or, or does it go in swings and roundabouts you know training courses of the moment if you like um, do you do you have any particular training courses at the moment that are very popular well I think our flagship programme which is our back to work and confidence has always been the most popular because most of our audience um, are looking to return to work or possibly start a new career so the back to work and confidence I mean really that what that does is it covers all the where the flexible and part-time jobs are um, we support people with their CV we cover things like personal branding so how to prepare yourself and present yourself at interview um, we, we carry out mock interviews with employers. We can actually link the mums with local employers that support us. So that one has been, was well, just always, you know, been a, been a constant one that, mm. that people want to go on to. But we, obviously, if people want to start their own business, they can do our enterprise course. And that's, you know, people love that one. If they're entrepreneurial, then they can do the enterprise. And that talks about um, business planning, marketing, when you're going to work, um, how much you need to earn to pay your mortgage or your rent and feed your children so we you know we really get to the nitty-gritty but we then provide a framework of how they can actually make that happen but the other course um, I suppose in answer to your question around popular courses last year we started running a well-being and menopause course and um, it's quite excuse the pun but it's quite a hot topic so you know the well-being and menopause I think is you know more people are talking about it now and the women that come to us some of them might be 25 and they haven't even considered the menopause but some of the women you know might be in their early 40s late 40s we even support you know women that might be in their early 60s so that we a real broad range so those women will be either perimenopause or many menopause at some point so we cover strategies to deal with the menopause deal with well-being um, such as you know journaling meditation um, we look at magnesium tablets that are meant to be really good in terms of helping people sleep. Um, we, there's some great podcasts out there on the on well-being and the menopause. So we sort of share all of these resources. And so that course has been very popular, along with our digital course and, um, and our autism awareness. So we've started running autism awareness, and that was off the back of a number of mums um, that have children with autism and they felt it's really important, which it is, to raise the profile of autism. So we, we, um, have, we actually have expertise within our organisation um, of trainers that 
actually have personal experience and they are qualified trainers. Um, so they deliver the autism awareness. And I think it's um, a bit like the menopause. It's been great to raise the profile of that important topic as well. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Have I ever put you in touch with Anna Kennedy? I don't think so. I don't think I know Anna. Anna, Anna Kennedy is um, considered to be a sort of leading flagship person for autism. She's okay. got um, two boys, uh, what makes them sound quite young, but they're young men now, they're in their early 30s. And um, I've known Anna, Anna for a long time. She's, she's got a school now in Hayes. But if you like, I'll put you in touch yeah, because be I think it could be really useful. Um, she's very um, willing to chat and talk things through. Um, she, I came across her when she was the inspirational woman of the year for the Daily Mail. And that was a long time ago. And I, I don't know about you, but I squirrel away people that I think would make it interesting speakers. So I put the particular article away. And then I saw that, um, and, 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 you know, sort of followed her up and saw that she'd bought this school. Although she's um, from the north, she had bought a school in Hillingborough and also near us locally here in Hayes. Um, do you know what? I'm getting an electric shock off this somewhere. Anyway, um, so um, I contacted her and she came as a speaker for us at one of our conferences locally and we've stayed in touch and she's always very, very happy to share. As I say, she's got two sons, both autistic, one with um, uh, one who's Asperger's. Um, what the, one of the boys that's uh, just autistic, he's now got a full-time job and living with some support as well. So Patrick is doing a really fantastic job. She looks absolutely amazing, Anna Kennedy. And if anybody knows her and is listening, you'll all be nodding away at me here because she is absolutely fantastic. And how she looks so fantastic, I don't know. Because I know she doesn't get an awful lot of, sp a lot of uh, sleep. When you follow her on Facebook, you'll see, she'll say, you know, Angelo's, it's three o'clock in the morning and Angelo's still awake. Um, so, and, and she's done Strictly Come Dancing for Autistic. She's done oh, wow. the most amazing things. So I'll definitely put you in touch with her. And the other thing that occurred to me as you were talking about the menopause and hot, I've got a, uh, a group um, who come on the radio where we call Hot Stuff for obvious reasons. Um, and in fact, one of them is actually on the radio next week. Um, but um, again, I think you're right. People are much more open about talking about it now. And the fact that actually it starts when young girls start their periods and the journey that they go through and how that works. Um, and I, I can remember periods starting and I hadn't got a clue. Not a clue. And, and I think even when the menopause started, I wasn't sure about that either. But it just sort of highlights my ignorance in that direction. But I think it is an amazing thing now that so many people are able to share that because you do get situations where um, people, and women particularly, um, wonder, what is going on? Why am I feeling like this? Why is my memory so bad? Uh, and, of course, it isn't just the women themselves. The impact, where they work, their families and everything else. Which So, I mean, the fact that you're offering that, I think, is, is a great... Absolutely. And the, the other thing that we've identified is so we're supporting mums with the well-being and menopause but we also have funding to work with 50 South London employers to introduce a menopause and well-being policy and also to provide support and advice so they can then support their um, midlife women in in the workplace um, because as you've touched on some women that might be perimenopause or menopause are <coughs> are then leaving the workforce and as soon as they leave it's not ideal for them it's not good for their um their career their mental health and it's not good for businesses to see like experienced talented valued women just to walk out the door and not come back so the work we're doing with employers is is completely funded again by the london mayor um and that's to provide free menopause policies flexible working policies and at I think there's um, 25 tips and resources on how to support um, midlife mums. Um, and in fact, linked to that, Jackie, is we will be launching our midlife mums campaign um, on Mother's Day, where we're 
going to be mm. supporting 50 women over 50 back to work. Wow. Brilliant. That's absolutely amazing. And, a, and another connection there. I'd really like to connect you up with my, my hot stuff group. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Thank yeah. you. So, no, that would be great. And uh, because they come on um, the radio next next week, some of not all of them can make it. So there's just, I think, Ailsa Petchley. Petch, I always want to say Petchley, and it's not. It's Petchy. Um, will, in fact, be on the radio show next week. So it would be good. Um, I think you'd all benefit from a bit of a chat together, even if you don't come on the radio show. I think it would be useful in that sense. So, yeah, gosh, is there anything you don't do? Um, what do we? What don't we do? Um, we don't do duvets. If you remember that, from, um, I think it was live and kicking. But no, we do lots of training courses. And I'm, um, you know, I say, I mean, really, it's my team that's done all of this. You know, I set the business up. But I'm lucky enough. I've got a team that take this forward. I've got some great trainers, great coaches, great operational staff. We, you know, we're a good, good team. All full of mums. We've got one dad as well. And it's all about mums supporting mums. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Um, I'm going to give you a break because you've shared so much with us. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio. Mondays, 2 till 4 p.m. UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes. For and from business women on all the socials. www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. And welcome back in the studio. And my guest still here with me is Jane Knight. And we're going to find out some more about Jane and the services that she offers in just a moment. So welcome back. So thank you for tuning in and all our regular listeners. I wonder if Kat's out there listening uh, while she's ironing the duvets. Um, special mention to all our hosts. We've got some training coming up on Wednesday. And don't forget that our Orpington meeting in D'Angelo's in the High Street, Orpington, is 12.30 on Thursday. So do check out the website, all the W's, 1230.co.uk. So then, Jane, I don't know how she's managing. I know it's always said that women can multitask, but I have to say she's just doing amazing there. You might be able to hear her frantically typing away there. <laughs> Good old touch typing. Um, so tell us some more about you. What about, um, you're, you're locally based, you're a local businesswoman, aren't you? Based in Hayes, I think. That's right. So I live in Hayes um, and we've also got an office up at the Warren. So you'll probably know the Warren, mm -hmm. the Metropolitan Police Grounds, beautiful grounds. Um, we have an office there and we also run some of our training courses there. So the majority of our training is online. Um, we've got our own very own learning platform and we have webinars with our trainers as well so if anybody came on to our training courses then they would get to meet other mums online with our our friendly webinars um, and they would also then be able to work through our training courses at their own pace you know between um, managing their childcare, doing the school run it's really flexible um, or they could come in to see us in Hayes um, and then we do have a number of other outreach centres around London, the south of London, south London, um, for people that, you know, they do want the face-to-face -face training. So it's a real mix, actually. It's called blended learning. So some online and some face-to-face. -face. But either way, if, you know, people that come onto our training courses are part of our network, part of our gang. And I think that's something that works really well. It's not only how we can support them, but also <coughs> how they can then meet other like-minded mums, which I think as a mum, you can feel quite isolated sometimes. So as well as us supporting these women with their career or be being self-employed, we also support them with their sort of network of, of other people they can connect with, which works really, really well. Yeah, and you, you've mentioned about face-to-face -face, um, and online as well, but, but also one of the things that I found that was kick-started really by COVID, I think, and that's about your dress code. Has the dress code changed? Because you said you take people through the interview process, etc. Has dress code changed for people's interviews? How? Because some companies like to do an interview online first, don't they, or via telephone? How how does that all work? Yeah, there's really been a shift, and I suppose it can really work in terms of um, our mums that come to us in in their favour. Because typically, not all the time, but typically, employers will want to meet somebody online first of all. So the the benefits to that, I suppose, is that you're you know you're in your own house or you're in your own space in an environment you're really comfortable with. You can have your notes. You can you know be really prepared. Um, but we also 
we cover online interviews because there's still etiquette going with that, isn't it? So, you know, what mm. is your background? Um, you know, always test beforehand, have a, have a check um, with somebody else to make sure all your tech works okay. And then it's around, um, I suppose, being able to get your, your point across really clearly and concisely, bearing in mind how much time you have. I think when you're face-to-face, you're -face, often um, the conversation can flow and sometimes people might go over, but people tend, in my experience, to be more disciplined when it's online because they might have another interview um, and it just seems to be a bit more slicker. So I think it's about if you've got a half an hour um, interview slot, making sure you can get all your key points across in that time. And in terms of, um, sort of attire and how you dress, then we always recommend that people research on the website, on their socials, just to get a feel for the brand and any employees, you know, what type, how are they dressing? Because if you were going for a job as a solicitor, this is just an example, um, you might... Um, you might dress slightly different to if you was going for a role in some sort of trendy brand agency um, where there's really loud music going on. You know, I could be wrong there, but just, you know, that's just an example of, mm. of the different industries and what you need to take into account. So, um, and I suppose it's just, you know, present yourself, just be the best version that you can be. Um, we've all seen the videos on the news where the, the child comes in, you know, asking to speak to their mum or dad, which are, are quite funny. Mm. And I think... You know, it's, it's making sure, where possible, if you do have childcare, so, you know, you haven't got toddlers running in and out, or puppies or cats or whatever they might be. <laughs> but if they do, it's not the end of the world. And I think the best thing to do is just not panic, because um, we have had these scenarios, and just, you know, just be you. And just say, if your child walked in, then you might just say, well, mummy's just doing an interview. Um, and depending on how you feel, you can take the child onto your lap if you felt comfortable to do that. Or you might say, well, you know, go back to daddy or your partner or whoever if there was anybody else there hopefully to look after the child so I think it's um I think it's about being as professional as you can but still be you I mean we're not none of us are robots and in my experience of interviewing you know hundreds of people in my my career you you want people that are real you don't want people that are so robotic that you don't get to know what they like as a person yes that's a really interesting point is the fact that okay we, we wouldn't necessarily plan for something like that to happen with a child coming on but how you react to it and how you manage it can all be key factors in winning you that job Absolutely. and if they don't if you don't win the job because of that then generally you don't want to work there because they're not um it, you're not in line with each other um, so, no, that's that's really interesting one. I think everybody knows that one about the news broadcaster with the child <laughs> coming on there. Um, I was talking to somebody the, the other day, um, and I could hear this, uh, a, a woman, and uh, she was in... Um, we get some vitamin and supplements from a company called Healthspan, and I was talking to them, uh, to the lady there, and I could hear this little voice in the background... <laughs> Uh, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just let that one go. But then I spoke to her a second time and I said, how old is your child? So she said, just a year. So, you know, it's, um, it's great that you can also see the companies that are enabling the women to work from home and mm -hmm. to fit in with family life because of their ability and their, their skills generally. So, I mean, I think it's great. And the fact that you're able to guide them and give them the confidence to actually be able to do that. Um, what would you say was the most exciting role that you heard one of your women have, had actually taken up? Is there anything that you could... I'm trying to think. We've had, I mean, we've had thousands of women that we've supported mm. into work. Um, there was a lot... We had a guest speaker, and she was involved in um, NASA. So she was, a, she was a scientist, and she was involved in... Um, you know, rockets and science. And I think she was an engineer by trade, but she'd focused on NASA. And they had a vacancy. Um, and it wasn't actually to be an astronaut, but it was to actually work sort of in the operations of, um, of NASA, but working in the UK. Yeah. So it was like an administrative role, but it was in that environment. Um, and one of our mums went for that role, got that role. So that was really wow. exciting. Because yeah. I, mean, I can just remember there were so many um, sort of security questions that she had to go through. It's all very, um, yeah, understandably, you know, lots of lots of 
security um, to make sure she was going to be the right fit and obviously because it's NASA and it's um, space that amazing extra you know extra security going on there so that's one that sort of sticks in my mind and then was she interested in actually going going in a, in uh, into space? Yeah, or? it was her thing. So I yeah. think it just worked because she and she hadn't done that before. I mean, no. she, I think she had she'd been an administrator, um, and she was a mum, so she had lots of transferable skills, which you know that's something we really hone in on. Mm. The transferable skills you have as a parent that you can use in the workplace. Mm. I mean, Jackie, I've got two kids, as you know, and my conflict management skills are so much better than they used to be. <laughs> um, but just, I'm trying to think. There was another. I, well, one example I can think of, there's a lady called Regan from the cooking shed. You might know Regan, actually. So, um, I mean, that's not her... Well, it is her... Oh, the Bromley, in Bromley. Yeah, that's yes, right. Yes, So, when I say it's her job, I mean, it is her, her business. Mm. Um, and she's so passionate about cooking that it was great to see her launch the cooking shed. Um, it's probably about six or seven years ago now, and that's, mm. that's worked really well. And then there's other people that... I think worked in the city, want to work locally, want to do the school run. So when they do get a job that's local, which means they can drop the kids at school and pick the kids up, it's just brilliant because it's almost priceless if you can do that. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I think where, where we work with so many different employers locally, we're able to connect these women with those employers. It's just a really good a really good fit. Yeah, yeah. And and when when we were all hit by COVID, the fact that you've got so many courses of yours, webinars, etc., online, did that actually impact on you or was the training side online were you able to because you had so much on I'm assuming you had a lot online at that point. Well we didn't Jackie. So ah. when COVID hit, I mean I've had in my business plan to have um, an online learning platform probably for about four years and one thing COVID did do is really sort of kicked me into into doing that and doing it very quickly mm. so my team were great that we just really responded quickly we um, purchased a learning platform we put all of our training online so all of our existing um, mums were able to finish off their training online and then we was able to reach out to other mums and I suppose something else that we responded to really quickly as we introduced a number of other digital courses because off the back of the pandemic um, lots more people do need to be working um, remotely digitally so that's why we introduced some more digital and social media courses which really um, yeah they've been really popular and it's something that we might not have done should we not have had the pandemic so yeah and I think I think you're not alone in that because I think there's a lot of businesses and I'm sure you've come across them um, where they would never have thought of taking their things online yeah. but it pushed that situation or pushed it as you were it was there on the back burner but pushed yeah. you for, forward quicker and others just hadn't ever thought of it at all. This is Jackie Groundsort and the business is 1230 The Women's Company. We have lunchtime networking sessions and events for business women um, around. If being a host for us is something that might interest you, then do please get in touch. You can find information on the website, which is all the W's, 1230.co.uk. So do check that out and I'd love to hear from you. <coughs> I'm so sorry to cough in your ear. Um, in the studio with me today, which is Love to Beat Radio Station, based here in South East London, is Jane Knight. So, Jane, please do tell us where people can find you. <coughs> so, Jackie, people can find us online, um, Instagram, we are Successful Mums, and then we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, so Successful Mums Career Academy, type into Google, and you will see our website and also our social media platforms, and for people that want to pop in and say hello, we are at the Warren in Hayes. Are you there every day? Um, not every day, but um, most days there will be somebody in the office um, to, yeah, to say hello. And, is, and are those details on the website? Yep, absolutely. So our website is successfulmums.co.uk. We've got all of our socials on there and contact details. And, um, yeah, you can you can find us on there. Excellent. Thank you for that. We'll come back to you in a second. Um, just to let everybody know that we are here on a weekly basis with the show. Next week we've got one of, uh, well, some of our regulars, actually. We've got Annabelle Kay, who manages all the contract side of things with GDPR, IR35 and a whole load of other 
stuff um, to do with associated confidentiality, privacy, etc., with your websites and your businesses. We've also got Ali Meehan from Costa Women beaming all the way from Spain to talk to us. And <clears throat> Jane mentioned about the element of menopause that she supports her business mums who come to her. And we have Hot Stuff, which is a group of business women in, the, in their own right um, who focus on helping others with the menopause. And next week is Ailsa Petchy, who will be joining us as well. So we've got Annabelle, <coughs> Lisa, um, sorry, Ailsa and Annabelle, all, uh, sorry. <sighs> Breathe. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> okay, next week we have Annabelle Kay from Coffee Clatch. Elsa Petchy with the menopause topic and Ali Meehan Costa women all the way from Spain. So let's move over now to somebody who hasn't got a cold in her head, hopefully, <laughs> and won't have by the time that she leaves us. Over to Jane. Um, please tell us some more about you. What's your background? How did I know you started telling us at the beginning um, that how you first thought about successful mums being a mum yourself and what sort of drove you there but what's your background pre all that side of things so my background is working in I've worked for a couple of training organizations um, I've also worked for a college and um, in terms of my sort of the, the roles that I did um, I'm a teacher slash trainer so um, I have taught in the past management skills, um, customer service, employability skills. So I, that was sort of the key things I was teaching um, at the college, along with leadership skills. And then that evolved into personal branding and neuro-linguistic programming. I don't know if you've heard of the NLP. So even though I sort of started teaching management, leadership, customer service, um, I just, I felt I, I preferred almost the... Um, the delivery around empowering people and setting goals. So a lot of that was connected to personal branding, goal setting, um, and leadership, almost in a, a way where you are um, in control of your life and you will set goals. So as a, as a qualified teacher, um, that sort of real mix of delivery really, really excited me. And all of those resources that I've designed over the last sort of 10, 15, 18 years, I've then able to use those in the, the resources that we use at Successful Mums. Um, the personal branding I love, because I think that's sort of how you present yourself to the world, and we are all absolutely unique, so it's about finding your own style. And then the NLP and the growth mindset, I just find fascinating. There's a wonderful book called The Secrets. I don't know if you have, you've heard of the book The Secret by Rhonda Bryan. And it's all about the law of attraction. So what you, um, what you put out there in the world, you get back. And, you know, I'm a real believer in, in staying positive and giving out good vibes because then that really does come back to you. And one of the, um, the, the top things that employers are looking for when they say that they want to take on staff is about people that have got the transferable skills from being a mum. So we know that's, you know, being organised, um, being able to deal with lots of different situations... Um, but something that always comes up is around people being positive with a can-do attitude. Um, you know, employers, years ago, I think people thought all, all employers want is, you know, qualifications. But really, they want people that will turn up on time, do a good job, have a little bit of fun along the way, have, you know, contribute um, ideas, be a good team player and, you know, make things happen, really. Yeah, I've just scribbled down here because <clears throat> what you were saying, Jane, put me in mind of... Many moons ago, there was an accreditation called Accredited Prior Learning, APL. Um, and I don't know whether that was something that you were ever involved with, but that was a, um, a qualification, if you like, of this was targeted at women, um, where they had skills but no qualifications. So, for example, um, a mum may be managing the finances of a home. Okay. She hasn't got a qualification for that, but she would understand the figures. So she could go into and apply and be considered for something to do with bookkeeping, maybe, and maybe even step 
a little bit quicker into maybe an accounting role or something uh, of that sort. So, and I think that I don't think that exists anymore now, but uh, as such, but I think, or does it? Do you think? Well, so the accredited prior learning, that's something that we always pick up on in terms of the transferable skills. Mm. So, I mean, in one example, there's a lady I'm working with, Julie. Um, and she was saying to me, or oh, I haven't done anything for the past, I think she'd had a five-year career break, haven't done anything for five years, um, but then she just casually mentioned that she'd raised about £15,000 for her school's PTA, yes. and it wasn't on her CV. And I was oh. like, Julie, that needs to go on your CV, that is so, you know, and she said, well, I haven't been paid for that. No, Julie, but you did it. Um, and that mm. is what employers want to see. Absolutely. So don't never underestimate the skills. And when these women will say to me, oh, I haven't done anything for five years, I remind them that they're not lying on the sofa drinking tea and watching telly. They're working the hardest they've probably ever worked. So it's about identifying the skills that you do as a parent that you really enjoy, because there's lots of things we have to do that we might not enjoy. But one example is another lady... Um, and she loved doing the research. So when they, the family went on holiday, you know, let's say they went camping in, I don't know, Spain, then she said she loved doing the research to find out the best value campsites, the ones that would, you know, accept dogs, and all the, all the different things that comes into being a, um, you know, having a, a lovely family holiday within a budget. And then she went into doing travel because she enjoyed it so much, and that was something that she had started doing as a mum and then realised, you know, well, she could do that as a job. So yeah. it's yeah. about what you do day to day that you really enjoy and I think you touched on something as well those voluntary roles which not only <clears throat> does it give you evidence of um, what you've done like your, your Julie lady I think it was yeah. but also if you're going into a, a compassionate role of some sort it's that empathy as well mm. of being prepared to work and go that extra mile um, with things so it, it's so important I know when I first went back into training full-time with my business um, I asked a friend of mine to have a look at my CV because I wasn't sure at that point what I was going to be um, or where I was going to be doing that. And um, I'd come from working, although I was doing IT training in the industry and also in education, I was actually working for a charity. And my role there was assistant fundraising manager as well as, because of the training, responsibility for staff training and support with IT. Um, and he said to me, what is it you're looking to go into? Are you looking to continue with the charity side and the fundraising? And I said, no, I want to progress more with the IT training. And he said, well, your CV is all about this fundraising. He said, you need to look at that. Mm. So it's so important all the skills that you offer and you can identify because we get so wrapped up with stuff we're so embroiled with things it's a bit like doing our own website we get so wrapped up with it or writing an article we can't see what other people so glaringly can pick out for us so your business I think is just absolutely super amazing what you're able to offer and the diversity of your experience as well as your team to to bring into that. Yeah absolutely also all the team that deliver on the the training they are all qualified teachers or trainers or assessors mm. um, and they bring their own sort of expertise to the table which has been yeah it's been great and we're, we're actually going to be running a um, teacher training qualification um, I think that's starting in the springtime for people that have worked in industry but then would be able to deliver what they understand um, to others um, because there's a real demand there for, to teach adults. Um, and I think people think to become a teacher later in life is, uh, you know, you have to go back to university, but you can do that part-time, so that's something yeah. they're going to be offering. Yeah, brilliant. So where can, just before we sort of crash into the adverts and a bit more music, what, uh, where can, just a reminder of where people could actually find you, Jane, please. So if people look on our website, successfulmums.co.uk, um, and they can contact us via um, the website, or if people want to drop me an email, then I'm jane at successfulmums.co.uk. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jane. And thank you so much for That's being okay. here today. It's great to see you. Lovely. And thank you again to Jane Horwood, who we will hopefully see both of Jane's again in future. Thank you to our listeners. We'll be here same time, same place next week. And if I can get this right, Ali Meehan from Spain will be there, as will Elsa Petchley and also Annabelle Case. So do tune in. I'll see you again next week. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.